Hey folks, we are back with the Application Security Podcast Season 5, and we've already got a number of exciting episodes in the queue ready to release for you over the next number of weeks. This is Chris Romeo, CEO of Security Journey and one of the co-hosts here of the Application Security Podcast. And so with Episode 1 of Season 5, Robert one of the other co-hosts, had a chance to catch up with Georgia Weidman at the CodeMash conference. Georgia shares her security origin story and also discusses the talk she did at CodeMash on mobile security and IoT and gives us an update on some of the other ventures she has going on, like some different companies she's involved with and an update on her pen testing book that's been very popular in the industry. So after a word from our sponsor, you'll hear the interview with Georgia Weidman. This episode of the Application Security Podcast is brought to you by Security Journey. Security Journey has a new weekly publication called High Five, five security articles that are worth your time. We scour the internet looking for the best articles on application and product security. We add in just a touch of sarcasm and snark in our descriptions. Just what security people and developers love. To sign up, visit www.securityjourney.com slash high five that's slash H-I, the number five. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. folks, this is Robert, and I am at uh, CodeMash, and I'm here uh, with Georgia Weidman. Hi. And welcome, Georgia. So, Georgia, uh, you're speaking here at CodeMash, and uh, I'm curious to know uh, what we do typically when we talk to people is ask, first of all, what's your security origin story? Well, my PR people don't like me to tell it because it's not a very PC one, but they haven't come up with a better one yet, so here it is. So I was going to school for math originally, like building bombs kind of math, I guess. Um, Well, theoretical math. Um, But then I realized I didn't really want to be a math professor, and I wasn't Einstein, so really I was going to be teaching calculus to undergrads for the rest of my life. Um, So my mom had a PhD in computer science, so figured I'd go do the computer science thing. So I did that, um, and they had this cyber defense club. And the captain of the cyber defense club was so hot, so hot. He's married to the same girl he was with then, so that did not work out so well for me. But I did find, I guess you could say, my calling. We did the collegiate cyber defense competition, um, so I did that for my two years of grad school. My second year, I was the captain of the team, and you know, I made great contacts. And then after that, I came back, and I was you know, a student, or not a student, but a, a volunteer red team member after I graduated. So, you know, it was how I found my calling, I guess. Wow, very cool. And so you started out in math, and then you got interested in computers and security and so forth. But what, what really sparked? I mean, was there some, some interesting things that uh, just grabbed your attention? Well, it was, I definitely did not want to do computers because my mom did it. And I had that, you know, you know, she taught me how to program when I was like three. There's like, 
you know, pictures of me playing Tetris when I'm like not yet able to walk. Um, but uh, I did not want to do computers as a career, despite enjoying them, just because, you know, the typical teenage rebellion thing. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But when I was, you know, back in computers and, and uh, doing the Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition, the red team, which for people who aren't familiar with the competition, it's the students. They are the defensive side, which kind of sucks. It's hard because um, you got to keep all the systems up, and you got they're actively under attack by the red team, which are you know volunteers. And one of the red team members actually like it's not like it's hard to break into these boxes. We're talking like missing basic patches and things, so it, it's not rocket science. But uh, you know, he got in and I guess he put like nuclear rat on it or something, or poison ivy or some something like that. And he had it like put up pop-up windows that said, "I like turtles," and I, I could click out of them, but they just kept coming back. And I was just like, "How is he doing this? I want to know." So I guess I just knew that I wanted to be able to do that. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I, I can relate. I can remember. Uh, my career being development, but I also started math as well. But just seeing, when I saw people do certain things, that's exactly me. I wanted to do that too. I wanted to figure out how to do that. Right, so. and in hindsight, it wasn't even remotely impressive because it's like, you know, you just put somebody else's remote administration tool on there and then click a button that says put up pop-up. It's not even hard. But to me and my, like, nascent, not knowing anything about hacking yet, it was just the coolest thing ever. Wow, yes. So here at the conference, uh, you spoke on mobile security as, as well as some IOT security. So tell us about your talk. So really I speak about you know, mobile and IOT security in the enterprise and really just problems in enterprise security these days. I really kind of see like mobility and IOT coming into the enterprise and, and us using cloud and, and bring your own device and all that. I mean, they're all kind of falling into the same category of stuff that we can't control as the security department or the IT department. Um, that, you know, they bring their own issues and what we're doing now in terms of putting preventative solutions on top of them to try to solve these problems is falling short and how we need to be, one, bringing those devices into our security program better in terms of monitoring and penetration testing and simulation, but uh, also, you know, figuring out what we need in terms of those preventative solutions, not just... I don't think the vendor that has the biggest marketing budget should be winning. Mm. I just don't. I think the people who are actually solving our problems should be winning. Right. And so uh, what do you see as some of the, the major issues right now with mobile, let's say mobile security in particular? What are some of the major issues? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, probably phishing. And that's surprising, I think, maybe to hear me say that because... I guess I have a long history of saying that phishing is like what hackers who can't hack do. Like you can't write a buffer overflow so you'll fish somebody. But, you know, as I've matured and the industry has matured around me, it's that's the way even the people with the zero days, you know, it's very rare that you don't have some sort of phishing component of just getting someone to open a link even or download an application. So there's definitely a phishing component and we certainly haven't solved the phishing on emails and there's all these different new ways that people can be phished. You know, you can have them scan a QR code, text message, um, social media. I mean, all those social medias have messenger functions where they, you can put links in them. So there's so many different ways that people can be attacked via phishing, and I think that's going to continue to be a, a really, really big one. Wow. Yeah, I like the example you gave in the talk on the QR code. And you mentioned something about it, a company, you just put one of those things on a wall, 
along with some information that a, a, somebody who's an employee would look at and say, oh, that looks fine. No problem. Let me just scan it. Yeah. So what it was, it was, um, it was in their break room, and we did do a QR code that called back to me and served them an app. It was the actual app of the restaurant that had been broken apart, added some some extra to you know let me control the device, um, and uh, you know put it on a little poster board that said you know download this app and you know next time you go you'll get like five dollars discount or something which you know it was it was a, a reference pilot for my product so i can tell you about all this so okay. yeah i'm not giving away any corporate secrets but uh yeah it was it was pretty cool it worked pretty well yeah but again it's just interesting to see how that that works well uh what are some other things that uh we need to be aware of in terms of mobile security that that are issues today I think, particularly since we're at a developer conference, I think people, myself included, tend to get bogged down in terms of, you know, making what they build secure and not really thinking about the bigger picture. Like, you can build, like, a super secure app, but if, like, the device that it's on is compromised at, like, ring zero level, you know, good luck. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, people are, are not taking that into account. And I think... You know, it is really big right now, mobile app security, but what's really being missed, I think, and perhaps is making a resurgence with things like mobile threat defense is that, you know, it's really a whole device and not even just whole device, but, you know, as the picture that I showed in one of the slides that, you know, for every device, there's, you know, a backup server, uh, uh, an update server, or this server, all these other servers out in the cloud that, you know, they're just Linux boxes that might have eternal blue. Well, Linux boxes don't have eternal blue, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. They have some vulnerability that somebody forgot to patch out there. And, uh, you know, I think we're not really thinking of it in terms of big picture. We're thinking of it in terms of here's my app. I'm keeping it secure. But, you know, if we're in this zero trust environment, which we must assume that we are, we're going to have to do a lot better. Right, right. And so, yeah, you mentioned uh, we're at the developer conference. What are some things developers, other things that maybe developers can think about or tools that they can use that you might recommend? Well, um, if you want to get a handle on the state of mobility and IoT in your enterprise, or if you happen to be building a uh, security product for mobile or IoT, or if you're in the business of trying to figure out what you should buy you know, for mobile and IoT security, because there's vendor booths galore for I can save your devices from everything at any show. I don't know. I haven't seen the vendors here yet, but pretty much we can solve all your security problems with just a blinky light box. Um, you know, I would, I would suggest you check out um, my product, which we do have a free version, um, it's a uh, Chevira S H E V I R A H. I really should have come up with a name that I could spell <laughs> or say, um, but really that's what we do: is uh, you know penetration testing of devices, penetration testing of you know the whole architecture around the devices, and uh, we do mobile phishing certainly because that's a big part of it, um, and helping people understand you know what they're mobile security problems are and what if any products that are out there on the preventative side enterprise mobility management all all those buzzwords can help them fix their problems okay good good and then um, so they've got that what about any uh books or other training or thing? i know you've written a book i have written a book um it's called penetration testing a hands-on introduction to hacking 
I am currently working on um, the second edition. You know, like most things, it's with deadlines. It's an imaginary line that recedes as you approach it, the horizon. Um, but I am hoping to get that out maybe by, you know, the summer conferences. We'll see. Hopefully. The problem is I want it to be really good. I want it to be twice as good as the original one was. And the, the first one got so much good attention. Yeah, I so many it. people liked it that I really want this one to be just that much better. So... Yeah, what I remember uh, in looking at it was a very hands-on, just help you, somebody who's not knowing much, be able to get from almost point zero to, to somewhere else, and, and so I thought it was really good. Yeah, that's really the goal, to no requirements ahead of time. Um, it helps you set up a lab, though. Um, for this one, you're also going to have an online option. You know, as time has passed, it's easier to, to get things up on online now. So there'll be an online lab. So if you don't want to set up your own lab, you can just, you know, hook up to that. Um, as well as, you know, there'll be additional exercises after you finish. So try and, you know, make it more of a more of an enterprise in and of itself. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely coming. But uh, book one is still completely something that people are getting stuff out of especially if you want to get into pen testing for the first time or try to do something like OSCP, the certification. Um, The book that's out there now is still completely relevant. That's the great thing about pen testing. It's all about, like, stuff, missing patches and and bad passwords and things like that. So, yeah, there's technology moving forward, but it's still the same concepts, so it doesn't really go out of date. Right, so learning the concepts are going to pay a big dividend. I mean, like you said, the technology is changing. There's updates, there's all kinds of things coming out, but learning the basics, learning uh, those kinds of things are going to pay dividends over the long run. Definitely, yeah. Okay, good. So um, what other things are going on for you? Um, Other conferences, other kinds of uh, new ventures? I know you started a company. Yeah. What are some other things going on? So I have uh, Shavira that I mentioned where we do the, the mobile testing software. So that's a product company. So I am a, a venture-funded entrepreneur, which is wild and crazy. And I'm learning so much about so many things I knew nothing about. Um, I think part of the deal was that you know I came right out of school into security and started going to places like DefCon and Black Hat, where it was like security security all the time. And then now I'm really having to understand like business. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have figured all that stuff out a long time ago as I was doing, like, penetration testing engagements for businesses. But, no, I really don't think I ever understood it until I was a business owner myself. And it's like, no, we can't spend money on security or else the lights will go off. Right. Um, so, yeah, and I still, I also still have my small business, uh, Bulb Security, where I do um, my, my book writing and my pen testing and, you know, more of the, like, vanilla flavor kind of things as opposed to, you know, the mobile security products um gonna do a few more conferences this year i'm probably not gonna do as many as i have um in the past try again trying to grow the business make some good partnerships things like that um i've got some good consulting clients that want a lot of my time as well so you know they're gonna give me money um i'm also i am a to make it go full circle, I am a professor at uh, University of Maryland, University College, as well as I just started um, writing a course for Tulane University and their um, their new security program. So lots of different stuff going on in my life. And I and I wrote a blog post. I totally put out a blog post like earlier this week, which I haven't done in forever. And I maybe I'll even do a podcast. I don't know. And then, like, it was a while ago, right? But uh, I did this pilot. It was going to be for the History Channel. It's like we had to audition and stuff for the History Channel. It was going to be, like, 
you know, Duck Dynasty except, you know, hackers, I guess. Oh, wow. um, but the History Channel passed, but the other day I was thinking about it, because before I started doing security talks, I actually really would just shoot, like, they were called Clueless Loser for Clueless User training videos. They were supposed to be, like, really ridiculous, like, security awareness training videos, like, absolutely ridiculous. They're still online. I mean, the, the quality is pretty terrible. This was literally just me shooting on my camera. It, it, this was before the iPhone. The iPhone makes pretty picture now, but, <laughs> you know, I was shooting this, like, on a tape. Um, and I'm like, well, so what if the History Channel doesn't want my show? I should just make my own show. This is why I have no time. <laughs> and nothing ever gets done. Um, but yeah, who knows what's coming with me. But definitely, um, book two, definitely, you know, moving forward with uh, the security product company. I have like 12 meetings next week with, you know, big important companies to partner with. And who knows, maybe, maybe one of them will buy me someday. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just getting more consulting work and uh, I don't know what comes my way beyond that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you know more things, new things, uh, seeing you at different conferences. What's next on the conference circuit? I think I'm going back to Brazil. Um, they have a group of conferences in Brazil called Roadsec, and my book was translated into Portuguese. So I have Good. no idea what they're saying to me, but they, they seem to think I'm cool because <laughs> okay. I, I wrote that book. Apparently, they don't get very many books in their native tongue there. Um well, very many security books, I should say. There's plenty of books in Portuguese. <laughs> but uh, um, so I think sometime, I think April or May, I'm going back down there. But it's like they, they have them all over. They have, like, regional ones. So I'm getting to see, like, different places. Like, I went to Salvador, Brazil last year, as well as Sao Paulo. And it's like, you know, Sao Paulo is a big place. But Salvador was more like old colonial town. It was like, this is real cool. <laughs> So I'm not haven't entirely figured out w- which place I'm going to, but I'm sure it will be very pretty because I I picked them based on how pretty and historical they are. Good idea. Okay. Well, Georgia, thank you again for uh, joining us. We really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, listen uh, about what's going on, about obviously uh, web and IoT security, uh, helping people to understand what they need to think about as well. So thank well, you again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Born and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.